Okay, so now I'm going to talk about Lenny because I keep putting it off and I keep forgetting and it's important to me. Because <clears throat> it, 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 that way you'll understand because I know a few people think that, yeah, you know all these macabre people and they're gone now, put to death, whatever. It's not my fault. That's who I met when I went there. And I went there for my own problems, the consequences of my actions. I went there and that's who I ran into. And it did something or affected me in some way. So <clears throat> that's what I wrote about. Anyway, uh, <clears throat> start with the name Lenny, which is short for Leonardo. That was my grandfather's name. Now, it's not a story of his life, but there are some elements of it. Like there were uh, migrant workers as youngsters traveled from state to state. My grandfather and his family were migrant workers. They traveled all over the place. So that, that played a part. And, uh, <clears throat> you know, Lenny looks different from everybody else. He's light-skinned and blue-eyed. And, and we, ha we have people like that in our family, too. There's people that look different. And people kid them that they're not really ours or whatever. And, and, and just little things like that came out in the book. And also, I mean, we got family history, you know. There's some, some things in there. Uh, there's some part of our family history that I'd never be able to talk about just because I wouldn't. It's nobody's business but our family. And uh, But I can change the, the circumstances around a little bit and, and create some characters and and, and kind of depict something that happened, you know, something that was relevant in our history or that changed the course of our family history. So, and nobody will know it except family members that read it. But like I said, in other parts of the program, it rings true, you know, so I, that helps. <clears throat> and I, you know what? I think every person that starts writing, they are going to write about things they know. You know, you can't set out to write about something you have absolutely no nothing you have you have no idea about some a subject so you have to go and research or whatever well if you've already lived a certain life re, you know regardless of of the circumstances then that's that's what you write about because you know it and you grow and you've moved on but you can still in other words something like this there's always going to be a need for people to to understand what's going on there or as a deterrent because that's not going to change we're always going to have that and it's getting worse and and uh <clears throat> the sentences are getting longer and the treatment's worse and it's not going to get any better so if people keep start keep hearing about the the elements in there the people in there some of the things that go on in there they're not going to want to go there especially if, at, at heart they're really good people they just have issues and they're dealing with them the wrong way what what regardless of the source anger emotional whatever there's another solution except crime but or i'm preparing you if you're out there and you think you're slick and you want to go commit crimes or sell drugs or do armed robberies because yeah there's a rush it's exciting for a few minutes but then you got to deal with the consequences when they're on to you when you see them lights in the taillights in your rear view and they're coming for you 
or whatever they're waiting on you you know it's different now okay so i'm just letting you know this is what's coming and if you think oh i got friends i'm a baller i got money okay it depends where you go because there's people in there just waiting for somebody like you to come in there because they don't like what you do out there on the street how you it's not the way it's supposed to be it's not the way it was back then there's no respect no loyalty so when you come in there a youngster thinking this and that flashy and all that Oh, yeah, they got something for you. They got something for you. I don't care who you know. Unless you're related by blood to somebody real high up there, there's always that chance that somebody's just going to hate you just because you got something and they don't. That's what usually happens. So just whatever. My my point, my main objective is to use this these little episodes as a deterrent. And I'll keep talking about them. As long as it's relevant, as long as I get some kind of input back or as long as it keeps flowing. And I don't and, you know, I'll never run out of stuff to talk about. But like you say, I very seldom use names or places because I just don't want to put anybody out there unless they're dead. I mean, the friends that have been executed, I talked about them shortly and vaguely. But it's, you know, my my objective isn't to expose anybody or any crimes or anything. It's just to, in a generalized way, talk about some of the things that are waiting in there or or some of the things that people are are subjected to and tolerating and they're going to come out. So they're going to have to reacclimate themselves. That's the whole purpose. I'm not trying to glorify anything. You know, I'll let Hollywood do that. But so this is the deal. Uh, Lenny and also, okay, so it has, and I use family members' names always in everything I use. All my stories, dates are important or significant, names, regardless of how brief they're in there. You know, that, that's what I do. When I was in prison in SEG, I'd write these short stories and I would use the people around me as characters and I type it up, you know, little 10, 15 pages and I pass them, pass it around and, and let them read it. And man, you'd hear them in there rolling, laughing. And a, a buddy of mine back there, they called him Yank, Yankee. He's cool. He said, uh, he said, have y'all noticed how in all the stories, Ram's more or less the hero and uh, everybody else are scrubs, you know, because it was I just clown them. But that's where it, it started. And they encouraged me she goes man that's that's good it's funny you know how to describe stuff you ought to you know try to write something or whatever or they liked it so when I started writing my novels in there because I wrote two while I was in SEG and ad SEG I did six and a half years back there so I wrote two novels it, it they weren't surprised you know a few people were hating ah yeah whatever nobody wants to read what a Mexican in prison has to say and why, why. I said okay that's cool. I didn't let that deter me. So I did it, finished them. And when I got out and when I got them published, I was sure to send some back to that unit, to Robinson unit. You know, I had a, a buddy of mine. I mentioned him earlier, Craig Whitley. He was still there. He was in population by this time. We'd met in Ad Seg in like 97, 98. So in 2007, about 10 years later, I finally stopped carrying the book around and submitted it and it got published. So I sent him a copy and uh, he wrote me back and, and he, and there were some other guys. As a matter of fact, one of the uh, top naysayers that said, Oh, wow. Nobody wants to read that. He was still there with him. And he, he said, Hey man, look, 
look, look at the book uh, that Ram wrote. And uh, and they seen it and everything. And then the guy was like, man, I always knew he'd do something. He was good and all this. But he was the, one of the negative ones. And another buddy of mine, man, a good good friend of mine, Greg Fonseca, he, he might be out by now. I mean, who knows? He's, man, he, he got tried as an adult at 15 or 16 years old. And when I met him, he'd already been locked up 10, 11 years. He might be out. He's from Gonzales, Texas. But anyway, uh, I used his name in some short stories that I that I have. Actually, I ha- I'm ready to submit a, a collection of short stories. But all these people that I met and talked to, and, and I mean, their characteristics, everybody's different. There'll be some similarities, but everybody's different. And I can see them. I can imagine them, the way they move around and talk and, and uh, you know, express themselves. And I bring that. In, in these characters of mine and, and, and it works, you know, especially people that know voice inflection or body language or movements or whatever that people exaggerate in prison. When somebody else reads it, that's done time. They can just chuckle because they know that's what I was trying to do in there. But out here, of course, <clears throat> with Lenny, only the last few chapters deal with prison. You know, the rest is, is life in texas in the united states traveling around and uh and and, you know crime because crime will take you all kinds of places and and let me tell you something the criminal world is a small world they say uh oh it's a small world yeah well you know what the criminal world is even smaller let me give you an example earlier i'd spoken about the treachery in prison how uh, a buddy of mine had put somebody's name on a list of people they're going to get hit in prison and and uh they did they got him they tore him up okay well in in 1990 and this happened in the 80s in the mid 80s okay so in 1991 when i'm in i'm in cleburne johnson county texas i'm fixing to go to prison again and uh this guy comes in there he's from d-town and uh, we we start talking we hit it off there ain't that many spanish people in there you know people johnson county or cleburne texas know what i'm talking about what it's known for i'm not going to get into that but ain't many mexicans over there trust me so or there weren't at that time back in the 90s now it probably is anyway so this guy comes in you know he had a conspiracy case cocaine whatever it was a drug case but he's in there and we start talking and, and, and uh, you know, I'd already been in prison and, you know, where he was telling me, oh, yeah, well, I, I got locked up and I ended up going, you know, me and my, my brother were doing time together. And then I got out and right after I got out, man, he got stabbed and, and uh, man, I, you know, and, you know, I was just listening to him, listening to the story. And t- t- well, it turns out that was his brother that ran, they ran in on him, cut it, tore him up, you know. And I didn't say nothing, of course. I just listened to the story and stuff, but I was like, wow, man, it's a small world, you know, a small world. So, you know, years later, and then, and like, later on in 97, let me see, 97, 98, 99, yeah, when I ran into that other buddy, and we were talking about that, and I said, man, you're not going to believe this, man, that guy's brother. He goes, yeah, you know what, his brother was there doing time with him. I'm like, yeah, I know I met him. And uh, anyway, but that, that's a, it's a small world. The criminal world is even smaller. That's why you can't get away with certain treachery. They, they'll find you in the system. That's what, you know, we keep in contact with people just because, just to, 
keep in contact and know what's going on. That's why I spoke earlier when sometimes when people just get to a unit, they're just there 10, 15 minutes and they're on them. It's because when they do something in the system, they testify against somebody or whatever, people are writing, emailing, phone calls, and they're letting the words out, hey, this one's hot, he's ready. So as soon as he hits some unit, wherever, it's over. And it's just that quick. And they don't care, man. The system doesn't care. It's an, look, you can't stop you can't stop certain things. And that's just one less fool they're gonna have to deal with anyway. So, you know. But okay, back to Lenny. So I you it's we go I follow his life. Okay, we we just follow this kid growing up and he he's in the Metroplex and then he's all over the United States. But it details some things and like i said there's a lot of family history in it but it it shows how things can go terribly wrong in a quick instant just real quick without intentionally wanting to 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 get so deep into something it can happen easily you know it starts out one little thing and then peer pressure or or, or whatever you know anger or fear sometimes will take you to the next level and now you're up here so you know it, now you're in you're in and it you're not afraid anymore and things get easier and you meet more people and they're all right and you're making money and then you go to the next level and before long you're in too deep and there ain't no getting out and man that world it, things change quick you know they develop they flip completely over and, and in an instant Something can go wrong and their weapons present and bam, somebody starts shooting and people die. And if you're lucky or unlucky enough to be left alive, you're going to get blamed for a lot of that stuff. So, you know, that's what I mean. Once you subject yourself to that lifestyle, you're opening it up to everything. The worst you can, it can happen. You're going to get shot there or you're going to get the death penalty. If people die. You're going to spend the rest of your life in prison. So it ain't a game. Okay, well, that's what happens. You meet this guy, and he's a good kid. You know, he's a good little guy. He's a worker. But certain revelations about his past, you know, it, it triggers something. Just like a lot of us out here, we find things out or or, or something's missing from the beginning, and we know it. And, and, and uh, it does something to you. So and you react differently or you see yourself differently, regardless of anybody else sees you differently. You see yourself differently. And, and, and that affects the way you socialize with people or in, and distance yourself. And then you, the drug use starts or not. But whatever you're avoiding, you, you start avoiding people and things. OK, well, that's what happens. You know, that's what happens with Lenny at a certain point, at a certain juncture in his life. And uh and he doesn't know how to deal with it right, you know, because there's regardless of how close he was to his family, there's certain things that it's hard to discuss, especially when you don't know too much about them. And then when you do, if you don't have that foundation, it's going to push you over the edge. And that's what happens. So, like I say, things it didn't have to go wrong. It was just like, hey, this is how you came into our family and, and nothing's changed. We love you. Let's just keep doing what we've been doing all this time. But at a certain time or place or environment, the other people involved, whatever, whatever happens, something terrible goes wrong. And then you got to deal with it. But, you know, but the whole thing is it's a story. But I've just, you know, intertwined a lot of different lives, real life circumstances that couldn't have and would happen.
and, and weave the story. So it's not available right now and no more. It's still listed on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and everybody. But since the that publisher dropped it, you'll see the price for like $600 or something. Just like they're not trying to sell any copies of it. My contract's up. I got to do something with it, get somebody else and then redo it. But right, it doesn't matter. Right now, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. But listen to me. I, as soon as the, the book's available in, in paperback, I'm going to, you know, I'll, I'll send out a few copies. What I want to do is send a few copies, let people read it and give, and give me an honest review or uh, you can call in or something. But when that comes, when the time comes of that, but right now I'm just going to keep dealing with Lenny uh, with the, the podcast on the prison life. And, you know, eventually I'll get to I'll show the correlation of what I wrote in Lenny as to what I lived or what happened in prison because I try to include everything like pieces of the puzzle you know I'll throw in and just show how real life is is always going to be in my writing it's I don't make up anything it's always true